0: Hey, welcome into the podcast. It's Unanchored Boston. Hank Morris with Bob Lobel, Butchie in for Lynchy. And for the first time time—and it seems like uh, six months, it's raining outside. Which isn't a good thing for you, Butch, because you're going to a golf tournament today. By the way, it is a Tuesday, the Tuesday after Labor Day. And we're brought to you by Our Best Foods and Our Best Meatballs. It's meatball season once again, ladies and gentlemen. Just in time is it Really. NFL yeah, we're
1: close uh, good transition right over to meatball season.
0: I mean, and we can talk about some meatballs that we've noticed in the sports world in the last week or so. Also brought to you by George Gray's Lexington Toyota and of course, Cold Springs RV in Ware, New Hampshire. W E A R E, Ware New Hampshire, Cold Springs RV.com. Right. I'm relieved that the Red Sox have extended Kike Hernandez for a year and $10 million. But the big thing, guys, right? It's opening week for the NFL, which kicks off this Thursday night.
2: So where do we begin? Do we begin with the Patriots, Robert?
1: Absolutely. I think you just got to ask, excuse me, open up with the question of the Patriots going to make
2: the playoffs. Okay. I bristle... At predictions, most years, but especially this. Well, then year. why did you even ask me, Arthur? No, I I, I commend you for bringing it up.
1: Well, you I, just think, bring I just you think I just up. think
2: that okay. any anybody anybody that tells you with authority that they have any clue whatsoever Trying what we're going to see, story. whether they're going to make the playoffs, what the hell are we going to see on Sunday? I mean, I have no idea what this team. I have no idea. I have never. Been so unsure about a Patriots team ever. Ever. I saw last night, I say that. That was good.
0: Um, I'm happy I mean, that he, the panic button is front and center today, though. You're good on TV, but you know that.
2: <laughs> it's only because it's vacated by you, my friend. Oh, but anyway. We'll stop it. Well,
1: um, oh, let's just continue this. Actually. I, actually I, did, I
2: agree with you. It's funny.
0: I don't know how to feel because, uh, honestly, I've been so used okay, to come the... come on. Step up Bill to the... Bill Belichick finish. is a genius. Don't know how to feel, right?
1: hey? Do you, know, do you think they're going to be good or not? No, I don't. I don't, don't, I don't think know. they're going to make I the point I honestly don't know, Bob. I understand, bitch.
0: You always wait. Like, everybody thinks, oh, Bill Belichick, he's on the downside. He's still the GOAT, but he's on the downside. He hasn't won without Brady. But in the back of your mind, just like you might doubt them, you also would not be shocked for... Bill Belichick to come up with this all time coaching effort and for the Patriots to end up, you know, 11 and six and go to the playoffs.
1: I don't expect them to go to the playoffs. All right.
2: Can I, is that okay? There you go. We took a long way to get around to the answer to your question. I I don't don't think they're
1: going to make the playoffs. I don't
2: expect (laughs) them either. I do not expect them. I expect them to be fine. That took a while to, you know, for someone (laughs) who hates predictions. Wait All right, why don't, why don't you we just talk to... while I eat my bagel? Go ahead. I mean, no, no, no <laughs> bagel eating here. Bob, did you get left out in the
0: rain this morning? I mean, you know. Why, well, Hank? I, I don't know. You're a little curmudgeonly this morning.
1: Well,
0: as up. opposed to? As opposed to what? <laughs> That's why we love you. Just, oh, look, he's smiling. Right? Pick
1: All right, L- let's just saying, okay. I don't think
0: they're going to make the playoffs.
1: I hope What's, I'm wrong. What do you think the
0: record's going to end up after 17 games? What do you think they will be? Eight and nine. Does
1: that add up? Eight and nine or nine and eight. I'm with you. Very fair. I was going to say the same thing. Nine and eight. Not if we've solved that problem, but then we just, you know. Well, yeah. all right. So let's how they're going to do. This is one of those expectation things, you know, and they get us all the time. Expectations. There's one team that you that has expectations of winning a championship around here. It's the Celtics. So it's the one team left that can possibly win a championship, going on, and, and it's the Celtics. And uh, I agree. You know, now that their Italian Steyan draft pick or whatever trade deal that they got is hurt, that was a huge injury.
2: Yeah, because especially considering that the first diagnosis was a, a huge torn injury. meniscus. And then it turns out to be a 20 ACL, the same one he had before. I mean, they, they, so we, we pat them on the back and rightfully so for two solid additions for not trading for Kevin Durant and going for the headlines and getting a guy like Malcolm Brogdon, who by all accounts is a five tool bench player. And then they went, gotten Danilo Gallinari, and maybe he's got something left in the tank. They need scoring off the bench. He's gone. So now, My question is, do you commend them or criticize them for going after a guy like Carmelo Anthony? And I'll answer my own question. I commend him because Carmelo has been a good bench player for three years now. He did it in 2020 with Portland. He did it in 21 with Portland, uh, 21 with the Lakers. He, he was one of the leading scorers off the bench. The guy can still fill it up. You're not asking him to play 35 minutes a night. Um, and I think he's a nice compliment to have. I mean, he's been a me guy most of his career, but I've made this mistake before. When they got Randy Moss and Fox Foxborough, I said, I don't want him. He's a me guy. When they got Kyrie Irving, I was, sh- I was ecstatic. This is the type of guy you win a championship with. And 0 oh for 2. So I- I'm not afraid to say that I want Carmelo on the Celtics right now. Um, And and everybody says the first response is only at the right price. Who cares? They're going to be over the luxury tax anyway by doing this. So if Wicket and Steve are willing and the group are willing to spend the money, let them spend the money.
0: That's my guy like that too. You see these guys that play 15 years in the end, what do they want? They want another ring or a ring, right? And sometimes they they'll take a back seat and they will be good soldiers for a year. Maybe it wouldn't last two or three years. He's probably that guy though. Right.
2: He might have been the best player on the Lakers last year on a team with LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, and Anthony yeah. Davis. They were an awful <laughs> team, which you know that doesn't, you can throw all the names out there you want, but they were an awful team. Well, it's the Herb Brooks line from Miracle when he was interviewing for the job. All That's why all-star teams fail. You don't need the best players. You need the right ones. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, it was Yeah, it was that was a great movie, but um, I mean, they, who had more talent than them, Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and an aging Carmelo Anthony, who ends up being a good bench player. I don't know. I think you always ask and you talked about contending Bob. So we'll go right back to that. We were so fortunate to live through the bird years and other people through the Russell years, which I didn't do, but in the bird years, it seemed like the Celtics and Lakers every off season, It was one move after another to match each other. You know, Bob McAdoo with them, Rick Robey over here, Dennis Johnson over here. Um, Did they bring in Michael Cooper or did they draft him? I can't remember. But there was always a chess move with each other, you know? Yeah. I remember when the Celtics got Rick Wedman, right? Scott Wedman. Scott Wedman, rather.
0: Yeah, your no, hybrid remember, your hybrid was Rick Roby right. and Scott
2: Wedman you you right. were in the Rick back Redman. room
0: <laughs> Rick Wedman's probably a guy who lives in Sudbury um, <laughs> Scott Wedman a guy who had been like the primary scorer for his team i think he was out in Kansas City right for a long time yep and all of a sudden he came to the Celtics he was happy to come off the bench and score you know 14 points a game but he was a guy that you knew could fill up the hole
2: well that was easy you know, to do because red had established a culture of that the sixth man was probably the most important guy on the team. John Havlicek was a sixth man. Tommy Heinsohn was a sixth man. Kevin McHale was a sixth man at a time. Bill Walton was a sixth man. I mean, you're Scott Wedman. You're lucky if you're the seventh or eighth man when you come in here, right?
1: So here's the deal. Carmelo Anthony is the subject at the moment. Gotcha. So initially you mentioned the name Carmelo Anthony. And negative vibes come up initially, and you're saying, "Oh, you, you know, what do you want that guy for? You know, he's just not a positive influence on the locker room." Blah blah blah. What has he done? Blah blah. blah. But on the other hand, you get guys like Brad Stevens, and now he may making these decisions, and it's a different organization. I mean, if if Carmelo Anthony comes in here. He's going to have to be held to a higher standard. And I do believe that that's what the Celtics represent. They're going to have to hold these guys to a higher standard. And who would know better, other than the three of us, who, you know, spend all our time consulting with major league teams when they call us, <laughs> who, who would better than know whether this guy's going to fit into his team than Stevens and, and Ume. I'm well, just, I'm, okay. I'm just deflecting, saying... I'm doing the, the the last thing a sportscaster ever wants to do, and that's give it up, like deflecting. My, so you're my, for
2: you're yeah. for it. You like it. I'm willing to
1: trust those guys if that's what they think will make okay. them. Okay. How about you, Hank?
0: Yes, you know I'm impre- I'm impressed with Ime Udoka just because last January we were like, "Who is this guy?" and why the hell did they sign him as the coach? And now we know, right? Now we know. So Brad Stevens, th- it, no, he's not Danny Ainge. But all of a sudden, by the end of the year, we're in the finals, and we're like, wow, these guys, they knew all along. They had a belief system all along. They must know what they're talking about because they got us to the finals.
2: I'm listening to you guys talk, and it just reminds me of how spoiled we've been and how much I think over the last two years we've forgotten what winning does. Last year they went into the year with, oh, my goodness, how, they, got a, they got a GM that has never done it before, who wants to be a coach. He'll be gone in two years. Um, and they got a new coach, and who knows what they're going to be. All of a sudden, they go to the finals. They don't win it, but they give us a great unexpected run. And now it's in in Ime we trust, right? It's in Brad we trust. That's only one year. One year. We were questioning whether they could be okay, good at this You're saying job. I'm an
1: idiot then, Bruce. right? You're saying I'm an no,
2: idiot? No, I'm not. I'm I'm saying winning – no winning makes you makes you believe it's why we're questioning the Patriots because they're not winning any. Anyway. Which team do you, what's your team? All right. I'll phrase it a
1: different way. As as a, as a fan, a New England sports fan, which team would you prefer to have uh, going for a championship? Celtics. The Celtics,
2: the Celtics,
1: as opposed to the other three. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm. I'm not saying. I'm saying which team would you want to be winning another
2: championship, as opposed to which one I think is closest to another is championship? As opposed to any of the other three, which one would I want? I mean, forget win it. Forget. I would want. It. Forget, well, forget well, Mr. Kraft. I'm leaving out the Revolution. I would. God <laughs> forgive me. Uh, well, if you go by Dan Shaughnessy's column, we could always root for the Tampa Bay Bucs or for a new college student in town because they're one of the five teams we root for in Boston. Right. I would want the Bruins to win. It. If, as a fan, I would want the Bruins to win a championship. I think his Stanley Cup is different. But that said... I'm I think right with you,
0: Butchie. I'd love yeah. to see Patrice Bergeron, mm-hmm. you know, highlight the end of his career, hoisting Stanley's Cup over his head.
2: Yep. But as far as Carmelo... There's three quick reasons why I want him. He could still shoot, he could still play, and he could still score. And I agree with Gary Washburn. I think he's the best shooting forward or one of the scorers off the bench that's available left. Number two, if this were a Kyrie Irving move, in other words, if you were making a big trade, slotting him in to be a starter, paying him a big money and making a commitment, I would say no. I would say no. If And number three, You're just like, the dog. No. No, No, I just did. No, tried to jump up and jump up and take my bagel. No. Um, So number two, he's not being slotted in to be a number one. That's why I brought up the six man thing. And number three, I think this gives. With the run to the championship and with bringing a veteran in like this as a peace guy, it has a potential to be a good feel for both Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. They've gone through some stuff now. They've gone to a championship run. They haven't won squat yet, but they've gone through a run together. They've withered the storm of the media that they can't play together. And now all of a sudden they're going to come in and they have an opportunity, in my opinion, to establish themselves. They're already established as two of the best players in the league, but as leaders together and they don't have to do it alone. Most of these, look at Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell was one of the best players in the league, and Danny H couldn't wait to ship him out of Utah. I still don't understand that one. He's 25 years old. Danny's got his 13 unprotected picks now, the pick order. So I like the Carmelo move just because of the slot and all of it, that I think it's a good move for the Celtics.
0: Plus, it's immediate depth. What did the Celtics lack when they went to the, the finals? They lacked depth. <laughs> you can't rotate seven, eight players and win the NBA championship, I don't think.
1: Well, they need a couple half-court shooters. That's guys that can put it in during the playoffs from half-court. That's what the difference was in that. Well, series. I know it was just great. It was a lot of fun. It was a really interesting series. It was a great series to watch. Uh, there's no shame in losing to that guy. No, it was fantastic. It was just
0: great stuff. He I should mean, have to play with a different three-point arc. Yeah. It's almost unfair. It's like an 18-foot jumper for Larry Bird, right? The way he yeah. shoots. And he's not hitting 24-and-a-half-foot three-pointers. He's hitting 28-footers, that guy.
2: You know, the Patriots and Celtics are in a similar situation very quickly. It wasn't that long ago that the NFC, I think, was a much better conference than the AFC. And it wasn't that long ago that the Western Conference was much better than the Eastern Conference. But you trade a young star to an up-and-coming team like Cleveland with some talent, all of a sudden Cleveland's in the mix. That's just one one. So I, I think both the Patriots and Celtics have a much tougher road to their finals or playoffs than than they might have had just a few years ago. Yeah,
1: you know, you're, there's no question that things change around you and the, the divisions that you're in. There's, there's no question the Patriots have a much difficult
2: much more difficult division to play in now than they ever had before. It's funny you say that. I want to to jump on that, Bob. I heard somebody say this last night, and I agree with it. I don't think – I was trying to think in my history as a football fan, the toughest division I've ever seen. And I think of the Steelers divisions when those four teams or five teams were pretty good. I don't think I've seen – I agree with Peter King. He said this the other day. A tougher division in my lifetime in football than the AFC West right now. The West I don't think yeah. I, no, I don't West. think I've seen it. Have you? No. I mean, we can go through the whole thing, but I mean just go through oh, the no. who you have? Uh, Okay, go. go through the quarterbacks. You got Patrick Mahomes, who's right. gone to two of the last three Super Bowls. You got Justin Herbert, who is the next anointed one, his next level. He hasn't made the playoffs yet, but they lost the game last game there. You got I don't know what Derek Carr is going to be, but they're going to find out this year. Josh you know McDaniel is going to find out. Which brings hold on two seconds. I agree with you. I, don't let me. Let me just
1: brings us back to Tom Brady, who's connected to everything. I don't care in any way, shape, or form. But you go back to what he said about the trade, about that. Uh, they're they're going to pass me up and and stay with that mf'er. You know, referring to Derek Carr, I just don't. I just think that is fuel for the fire. I mean, I think I think the Raiders are a big time championship potential team.
2: Well, don't forget Brady's a free agent next year. <laughs> you don't think Josh knows that? Yeah, but I. You know. I mean, can you imagine? Look, so to finish the point about the division, your quarterbacks are Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr, Russell Wilson. And Justin Herbert. Can you imagine if subtract Carr from that division next year and put Brady mm. in it? <laughs> I think they're going to win. I think they're going to shut it winning with Carr. Well, they do, but I don't know, Hank. Have you seen a tougher? I, I I can't even think of them. I mean, the AFC East for a while, the NFC East with Dallas and the Giants and Philly, and and uh, they were good for a while. But I'm
0: interested to see what Tua can do in Miami this year, right? Against Josh Allen, spectacular quarterback. Would you say he's – where would you put him in your top three? In the division? No, league-wide. Would you say he's a top three quarterback?
2: Top two it to, tongue of Wilo or top no. three in the
0: league? Allen. Allen. Oh, Josh above.
2: Allen is the best. Josh Allen is number one right now. You he's, think he's number one? Okay. Well, he's the MVP favorite by betting lines. Tua's got so much to prove this year –
0: dangerous you know he's physically talented Miami's got a lot to prove yeah out west I mean that's a slam dunk I think Derek Carr probably has a guy well at least for fans in the east is probably flown a little bit under the radar and he with uh Josh McDaniels you think about how dangerous because Josh has already flown the coop before and, and suffered and not done well and had to return home those two guys are hungry especially after what Bob pointed out about what Brady had to say about them So you're right. I I think they could make a deep, deep run. I'm anxious anxious to go see. I think it's uh, the Monday night game when Denver goes to play at Seattle. That's going to be all about. Now he's got, uh, what, a nine-year, $245 million contract extension? Right. It's a lot of pressure playing in Denver.
1: Uh, I'm I'm sorry. The biggest game is going to be Cleveland and
2: Carolina. Baker Mayfield. I don't know. I think Brady and Dallas is pretty good on Sunday night too. Look at it. Look at this. We haven't even started. We haven't started the week. Yes. We haven't started week one yet. And we're arguing over what's the best game of the week. Yeah. The
1: Thursday you get Buffalo with the Carolina Rams. is packed with all the drama you could ever imagine. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Here's, let me ask you this about the Dolphins head coach. Who's just barely old enough to vote. How is it possible that, uh, How's it possible a, a guy as young as he is can take over a team like Miami and expect to win with it? Sean McVay.
2: Sean McVay took over, the um, was an assistant with the Falcons in his late 20s, became a coordinator, and took over the Rams. I believe he was 32, and he went to a Super Bowl and really? then won one. I, I mean, that's the answer, Bob. And if the billionaire boys club don't care about how old you are, They care about your pedigree and they want, and then once somebody does it, they want to do the same thing. Isn't that the answer? It is the answer. No, I get. it is (laughs) just
1: remarkable to me that you can contrast Belichick with this guy coaching across the field from
2: him uh, on Sunday afternoon. Well, let's go back to the quarterbacks, Hank, you brought up Tua. And so I went on last night and the last two nights just to read some Miami stuff, see what's going on. Do you know, Do you know what fans are going crazy about? They are so on the fence about Tua. Ever since draft day, you either loved him or you hated him. And they're still that way right now. Do you remember the first play from scrimmage? He threw that long 50-yard pass to Tyreek Hill. Did you you see that in the preseason? He threw threw a 50-yard pass to Tyreek Hill. And it was a classic Tyreek play. Tyreek had the guy by 10 yards. But he had to come back for the ball. So he caught it. And he got tackled instead of an easy touchdown. If you go to Miami chat rooms and stuff like that, people, there's no in between. It's the same old tour. He stinks because he couldn't throw it to him while he was wide open. Oh, that's the new tour. who knows how to look up top and make it happen. And the coach is going to let him do it. You know, when I say
1: <laughs> being, being a snobbish Boston sports fan, what do they know about football in Miami except how to get college players?
2: Don't talk to that about Larry Zonka and Mercury Morris saying, and the you know, killer bees. About the
0: same kind of chat rooms. Well, they it's do really have a chance uh, Sunday to become the first team to Every beat chat Belichick. Washington Washington and nothing times. to do with football.
1: What?
0: What's that stat, Hank? They have a chance. Dolphins have a chance to be the first team to beat Belichick four consecutive games. Really? since Belichick's come to New England. Yeah, they beat the Pats the last three times they met.
2: That's very. I interesting. think we.
0: I think New England fans have forgotten about Tyreek Hill. Right?
2: Yeah.
0: He's scared. The the fact that the Pats
2: have to see him twice is frightening. I know. He's that good. Well, we started, you asked the prediction about the Patriots, Bob, and I avoided answering it through all this time. No, they're not going to make the playoffs. But with all the questions about the offense, I think after Sunday, the big topic is going to be the Patriots defense. I just don't know. If it's going to be good or bad, and I'm afraid it's going to be bad. I'm afraid that Miami's going to be able to run the ball on them. They're not going to put any pressure on Tua. They're going to get the ball to waddle and, and, and Hill, and next thing you know, it's going to be a 28-10 to 10 win or something. And nobody's talked about the defense. And how do we know what the hell this defense is going to do this year? I don't think – does this team have a lot of speed? Who, Miami? Offense? No, I'm talking about
1: the Patriots.
2: Well, they they supposedly wanted more when they drafted that kid Thornton, but he's not even healthy. I'd say no. Devontae Parker's not a speed guy. They don't have enough speed on either on either side of the
1: ball. Anyway, okay. shut up, I'm Bob. What do you know? I'm not, no, I'm I mean honest.
2: what do we what do any of us know, Bob? But all I'm saying is what do huh. we know about this defense? I know this that Bob de- I know that Pablo Bell is cooking. Meatballs this year. Now there you go. Go ahead. We we, we finally made a... Se- after a half an hour, we finally made sense about something, Hank. We could have a plethora
0: <laughs> of meatballs for the upcoming <laughs> season. Speaking of which, our best foods and our best meatballs. Yes, the meatballs are back, ladies and gentlemen. It was a wonderful burger season, and burgers can continue right through the Super Bowl run. But our best meatballs, we talked about them, and I thought about them yesterday and over the weekend during the live golf tour. When we're talking about nothing is a truer roll, nothing better than Our Best Meatballs and a nice piano dosi roll with a little bit of sauce on top on a Sunday when your your pal's over to watch the game. So just like you do with the burgers, go to Our Best Foods. You download the coupon at OurBestFoods.com. You take it into your local grocer. Like I've been going to Hannaford's. My daughter lives in Manchester, New Hampshire now. There's a Hannaford's about a half a mile away, so I can go into Hannaford's and get our best foods, whether it's market basket, whatever you need to do, all right? Our best foods, go grab those meatballs, stack up, stock up, put five or six in the basket. Might even want to invest in one of those freezers. You know, the second, you know, you know. a lot of people get a second fridge downstairs. But even if you don't, maybe you just get that little freezer. You just put our best foods and our best meatballs in there because you'll be glad you did. And if somebody pops over to your house unexpectedly, know that happens once in a while you know you don't have you always get something downstairs whether you throw them in a roll you sprinkle some you know marinara sauce on there maybe a little bit of uh you know mozzarella cheese on the top melt it down boom good to go our best foods and our best meatballs
2: now bob you had the uh those are the burgers the package for the burgers right Are, are the meatballs packaged a little differently no
0: they're in a pack
2: they're in a I'll I'll bring my pouch.
1: pouch.
0: They're in a resealable bag, which is okay. nice. And they come like in a different it. they've got the half inch, like root. cocktail sized. They've got the one inch, they've got the they've got Italian flavored, they've got different seasonings. And then they've got the two inch. That's a really big meatball. You only need two or three of those. A plethora nice. of fine meatball products. Nice.
1: Um, You know what was on TV last night? What? 30 for 30, the two Bills. Oh, that is phenomenal, isn't it? Belichick and Parcells.
2: It's, it's just...
1: You know, you really forget the story. You have to see it refresh right. yourself and go into the intricacies of what was going on and why the Patriots hired Pete Carroll instead of Belichick. And why... You know, why didn't... Why didn't Belichick hang around for the Giants job after Parcells left? Because he went to Cleveland too soon. You know, why didn't, what was just, and then of course, the flip-flop of, the, of Kraft, who blamed the league for being soft and, and not getting on Parcells for tampering. He Kraft, you forget that Kraft claimed the league was at fault for this whole thing.
2: The league yep. wasn't tough enough. I couldn't agree with you more. When I go back and watch that, I learn something new every time. As a matter of fact, they did the, in there, they did his Jets exit, HC, the NYJ, from a a Jets perspective. And I really never had thought of it that way. And Scott Pioli, I think, was the one who said he was down the hall, and they weren't sure what Belichick was going to do when he went to the podium. And Scott says, I think in the piece, he says, when he headed up to that podium, none of us really knew. And I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> really? And yeah. Clearly, you know, is I just that's Parcells' son-in-law? Oh, yeah. He's married to hes married to Dallas. Her name's Dallas. Dallas Parcells. What did, you know, how
1: did Bella, what was he, how does he, he almost got a win, window into how he thinks by that whole series of situations. I mean, he was, was he the manipulator of all manipulators in working that out? Or how did, you know? Yes, but let's be be honest.
2: It's real simple. But it's real simple, Bob. I think we've been fortunate, all three of us probably, a handful of times. I only know it's been a handful for me to have leverage. And he had the leverage. He had the Patriots that wanted him because like you said, three years before, Kraft didn't think he was ready, and then he decided he was ready, so he had the leverage. So in hindsight, guess what Belichick did? He just said to Kraft, okay, if I'm going to do this, I want this, this and this, and I want full control. And let's not forget, Kraft's coming off of the Belichick years where, you know, he wanted to shop for the groceries. You mean the Parcells years? The Parcells years, yes where he wanted to shop for the groceries and learn from that lesson. So I think, yes, Belichick was shrewd. Yes, Belichick was a manipulator. But more than that, he had the leverage. You can play poker. In my career, I have played poker a couple of times in contract situations and whatever. And I got laughed at because they knew I didn't have any leverage. (laughs) They said, you really want to come to the table, you know, bluffing? (laughs) Really? So, uh, yeah, I mean, that was phenomenal, which to today, you know, Hank, you brought it up earlier. It's a very, very interesting year for Belichick. I mean, the Patriots still have, I think, five scheduled primetime games or four, like two Thursday nights. One is on Thanksgiving, a like Sunday night, and, and a Monday night. And it's all because of Belichick. It's not Matt Jones. It through the season? Oh, yeah. I don't think he leaves. Before the season's over just asking
1: i didn't say he leaves i said makes it through
2: i just wonder so the so so this week the, the mcdaniel is his name right the coach of the dolphins the, the i didn't hear it i just read it in a transcript but he had a comment to say you know really self-effacing and complimenting belichick he goes this isn't even a contest come sunday unless bill and i end out there doing a Bull in the ring drill against each other. Yeah, he was a pretty funny guy. Yeah. And he's right. Did you hear it? I didn't yeah, hear I did. it. Oh, yeah. he was good. Yeah. He was a really funny guy. He's, just, he's a but young, smart ass, funny guy. But deep down, don't you think he wants to beat Bill Belichick's ass and thinks he can do it after watching film of the team's last his,
1: I think he wants to go back and manage a Circle K gas station.
0: <laughs> Their coffee is very underrated, by the way. But you know what? I think uh, Are they a sponsor? <laughs> no, but they should be. He's really good. I
1: mean, he's really, and he looks the part. You, you know, get a picture of him. Find him. He looks like a gas, Circle K gas station. Yeah, but what is
2: that? What the hell does that mean of what he's going to do with a Miami team? Apparently, has... he's
1: going to do wonders with them because they hired him. I can't. Well, again, you know, oh, sure that, that always better, works.
2: If you're that young, you better be damn good. Well, We'll see. I mean, I just I think the Belichick, you said it, Hank, and I couldn't agree more. Belichick has more to prove. <laughs> it's crazy to say after 23 years as a head coach with the Patriots, 45 years as a coach at some level in the NFL. He's got more to prove than than a lot I mean, of it, coaches this he's, year. He's Belichick is 70
0: years old, right? Boy, yeah. He never wanted when he
2: first started with the Colts. He was, well, 45 years ago and 70. He was 34. 30, no he was well no he'd be 40,
0: 25. 25
2: right? 25. And like 25. Ted Marchabroda gave him his first break with the Colts. Was I he with the he Colts was... when Upton was
1: with the Colts? I was wondering about that I Because um, I upton think left so. after
0: the 70 season right take over the Patriots I, I
1: don't think that I don't think so I, no you probably missed him no.
0: by a couple of years right but you know. have to be thinking that all right 70 years old, geez, what if the Patriots don't make the, make the playoffs, right? Are the Crafts thinking, yeah, this guy's done. We're done. We're beyond him. Or is it still – will it always be as a reward for those six Super Bowls in Bill We Trust, even with Bill Belichick and Jonathan, Robert Kraft and Jonathan? Is this a case where Belichick, he decides whether he's going to come or go?
2: Well, before we answer the Kraft question, how they feel about Belichick, do you think the way Brady left and had success – will factor in their decision at all? In other words, do you think they regret letting Brady go, not only because of the obvious, that Brady won a Super Bowl without them and where they've gone, but also that they let the greatest player in football leave and wear another uniform? If they regret that, do they, do they not want to make the same mistake with Belichick? Do they not want to have him go out unceremoniously? Can I ask you
1: something? Yeah. Who would you pick as your – if you could pick a friend – that would confide in you, and that you confide in them. And you had a chance of between four between Alex Cora, Tom Brady, uh, Belichick, Bill Belichick, and maybe uh, I don't know Tatum and or Emoke I- Idoka. Emoke If you had a chance to pick me. You could be the best friend of one of those four guys. Who would you want to be the best? I need friend? a
2: little more clarity on on the um, gist well, of your question. What now? Wait, what kind of an answer is that? I need him. So my be, my career. best friend. So someone one I can team. confide in. Yeah, like yeah. Someone I can friend. trust.
1: You, you could fight in. You could trust and you could talk to, or that could I Yeah,
2: and I and I'd want to hang out with.
0: Yeah, Cora. Nah, he's a cheater. Wouldn't trust him. <laughs> I'd go with Brady. And, I, and you know why I say I Tom Brady? Say, did he deflate footballs? Well, he didn't personally, no.
1: No, really, but he
0: got suspended for four games. Well, he got suspended well, for something. Well, who's the did... cheater
1: then, damn it, Hank? Come on. Well, he... No, did he cheat?
0: No, he did not. Oh, really? Then why did he get suspended for four games? Why? It was a vendetta from the uh, the commissioner. Oh, really? They poked the commissioner. The commissioner wanted to stick it up his rear end just like he wanted to stick it up Robert Kraft's Hank, Hank and I want to hang exactly out with a Exactly, he did.
2: What? Hank and I well, want to hang out with a couple of- You're Hank and out? I- Hold on. Hank and I want to hang out with a couple of cheaters. Who are you going to hang out with? Who's your best bosom yeah. buddy from that group? Well, Tom he, Brady. Brady.
1: Oh.
2: <laughs> I didn't say I was-
1: I wasn't- anti, I didn't bring up the anti-cheater- uh, Why do you want to hang out with Brady?
0: Because he's cool. Well you get dates. It couldn't be one how bad one could it reason, be being a wingman for Tom Brady? He's the saying, one reason that,
2: well, why would I you ask me who I'd pick, I'd pick Brady because he's well, cool. You why use I'd the put. term best friend and trust and this and that. The one reason I would want to hang out from Brady from the people around him that I've spoken to that have been with him for a long, long time, he's never changed. He has changed. He's become an elitist, let's be honest. But He's never changed with them. You know, they go to the Derby and he's the same old wise-ass guy that's challenging you on a personal level, yet loving you up and being your buddy. Busting your chops because, you know, the Will McDonough line. Did you bring me here to tell you what you want to hear or what you need to hear? And Brady wants to hear that from those guys. So I agree with you on that level. I think, you know, I had a buddy of mine who passed away two years ago who was that guy for me. He said that exact same line to me year before he died, he said, I'm Butchie, I'm never going to be the guy that tells you what you want to hear. His name was Steve Pratt. He goes, I'm the guy that's going to tell you what you need to hear. My response was, yeah, well, I just don't want to hear it. <laughs> that's why he was your yeah, best yeah, pal. Right.
1: Totally Butch.
0: Well, so I look at Brady as the type of guy, he lifts other people up, and I think he does it quietly. We probably don't know half of the things that he's done, but I just look the way he embraced Antonio Brown. Now, it may have been selfish in what he did, but you could tell that he was trying to really, number one, improve his life. You know, as a guy who was, you know, he's got a family. He's got children, you know, looking long beyond football. You want a guy who's got uh, stability as a human being. Forget about his ability to run a route.
1: So since you know we went what? to bri- – the- when, when the Pete Carroll thing, but when we talked about Bill, the two Bills, one of the most uncomfortable moments in that was when – Pete Carroll's press conference when he kept referring to buying the groceries in front of Kraft. It was, um, it, it was terrible.
2: It was horrible.
1: I mean, right. You agree with me, right? Oh, it was horrible. Imagine, that should have given I, you the indication that Pete Carroll was not your guy. Uh, Pete Carroll didn't do a bad job here, but. Remember, he's no, the guy that Parcells, they asked him the question, Did, were you out-coached well today? And it was a Pete Carroll. that the, that was He was the coach that that kid from Pawtucket asked him. Parcells said, "What kind of a dumbass question is that?" Remember that one? Yes.
2: But you're right. His everything he said fell to you know. It was it just rung bad. About I think my groceries are fresh. No, that's what Kraft said. But right, my wife buys my groceries. Right, right. <laughs> let me go back to the quarterbacks. You just made me think about this. If I give you five or six of the top quarterbacks in the league, let me ask you who you're rooting for. To win a Super Bowl, I'll put Brady on the list again. Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, and Russell Wilson. We could go more, but if you had to pick one of those quarterbacks as a football, okay, Burrow. We'll put Burrow on there too. I got you. I'm. I mean, I hate to say it, I am rooting for Brady to be there again. I really am. I who is it?
0: Every, every time he steps on the football field, it's another shot at history. It's another chance to see something that may never be done ever again, most likely won't ever be done again.
2: Well, when you say who isn't, Hank, isn't the answer a lot of Patriots fans? At least that's what they say. Uh, you know what? I, I think that if you were going to go out and survey, I would suggest to you that at
0: least two-thirds of Patriots fans are rooting for Tom Brady to do well. And why? They gave, he gave them two decades of unprecedented success in winning. You know, even if you soured on the way he left or what you think about him, you know, when you go back, don't forget Bobby Orr also left the Boston Bruins and went out to play for the Blackhawks, right? <sighs> yeah, but we all,
2: that wasn't really his choice. I mean, he you no, know, there he was a lot do- there with Alan right, Eagleson, but still
0: right. to see him in another uniform, there were a lot of people who questioned, you know, Bobby Orr and his integrity and his desire and his commitment. And a lot of people did the same thing with Tom Brady. I, I just saying, I, I think Brady uh, is more on the plus side than the minus side with Patriots fans.
2: Well, I, you know, I'm rooting for him. I kind of, I'm kind of, I'm torn between Josh Allen and Justin Herbert. I think those guys are going to be good for a lot of years. I think Mahomes is already there. Cause he's one, one like who I want to see win a super bowl, the Stafford story was nice last year. It was, it's a good story. Veteran guy finally wins a championship. Goes to another place. Um, you wonder if they have what it takes to win back-to-back championships. Become the first team in almost twenty years since Brady's Patriots oh three oh four. I doubt it, but you never know. Uh, and and I'm I'm rooting for Russell Wilson too. I want that team to be good. I think it makes football better if they're good. If he goes there and has a second, who are you rooting for, Bob? Jacoby yeah, Brissett, like
1: Josh Allen. I hate to, you know, I hate to look at it. What did you say? Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm going with Baker Mayfield all the way.
2: But You're going with Josh Allen, though. I agree with you. I mean, I
1: mean I, you know, on the other hand, you know, it, it's in conference and all that stuff. But but the other guy that I really think after the Brady M.F. is Derek Carr. I'd like to see him come back, and I'd like to see. Josh McDaniels and, and those guys, you know, maybe have some success in, in Vegas.
2: I mean, I think of Derek Carr and I think he's underrated. And here's what I say about that. You can, there's a lot of statistics you could pull out that for the five years, I think it's been that he's been a starter. It'll surprise you. He's in the top 10 in a lot of categories, things like third down efficiency, things like yardage, things like touchdowns, I think in wins, In the top 10, but now he's got Josh McDaniels, so he should take the next step, shouldn't he? And he's got that motivation, like you said, Bob. He can all get going. I agree. That's why I'd like to see that. You also got you also got, and this is unbelievable. Have you read some of the comments from Devontae Adams? He wants to be great. He's talking like he wants to be remembered, like Jerry Rice. I don't know if that helps him or hurts him. Maybe it is the type of guy that it helps him. But if he's as good with Derek Carr as he's been with Aaron Rodgers, everything falls into place with that team. Everything. They can play defense a different way. They can run the ball with Josh Jacobs, and and they drafted a kid in the fourth round who they like who's a a multiple James White-type running back. I I don't know, whatever. You can go all up and down. I'm just saying, but if if him and Devontae Adams – are one of the top threats in the league. If it works out that way, look out. Look this Josh out. McDaniels thing, that was a huge,
1: it was a much bigger move than I think people realized at the time. I mean, it, it created, you know, not only shockwaves in this organization, not that it wasn't expected, but look at the restructuring he's, Belichick's had to do with uh, Matt Patricia and Joe Judge and all that BS that's been going on in the training camp.
0: I have a question for both of you because I don't know the answer, and you guys know a hell of a lot more than I do. Oh, is hey, it is it so an sorry. unwritten is it an unwritten rule that you know you don't stand in the way of an assistant coach going to a, a better job in another organization? Because how many did he take three or four assistants with him? So. Out to Vegas. Here's
2: my two-part answer to that. No, it's not an unwritten rule because Belichick has done it many times. As a matter of fact, the Houston uh, Texans just three years ago wanted to talk to Nick Casario and he blocked them. And he finally ended up there. He also, I believe, I think I'm correct in this, two years ago, um, I think the Raiders wanted to talk to Dave Ziegler then. And he blocked that. So it's it's not an unwritten rule, at least in football. Um, as far as, How'd you ask the question, Hank? Is it an unwritten rule or? He says, you know more than he did. <laughs>
0: um, that you won't prevent one of your assistant coaches yeah, for trying to get a better thought. position because, go, go ahead. I mean, Belich- so Belichick could have st- stood in the way of those assistant coaches going with McDaniels out to Las Vegas. Oh, correct? I just
2: remember my other point by at least all that they're saying, Belichick was this preseason was asked that question at least three times directly and then everybody stopped asking it to him but he said Josh and I are fine that's all he would say Josh and I are fine meaning that he gave his blessing to the guys that Josh wanted it I took it as this he gave his blessing to the guys that Josh wanted to take and Josh asked him and he said okay if they want to go it's up to you and okay I I forget the guy who's going to be his offensive coordinator now and but Josh, this is the offensive coordinator, let's be honest. But the guy he brought with him, the young guy, that was supposedly the next next um, guy in line to get it here. I can't think of his name. And which leads you – you, now we're back to you, Bobby, which leads you to Matt Patricia. So to Belichick, was he willing to not block that guy and let him go with Josh because he knew all along that he wanted Matt Patricia, which, Maybe. by the way, he doesn't have to pay, and Joe Ooh. Judge doesn't have to pay. It's possible.
1: You know, I don't, I wouldn't doubt that. I just, uh, you know, I think, I think in Josh's case, time was up. He was ready. You know, he he went through the cement mixer. He came out the other side and maybe a better coach. Uh, The Denver thing was a disaster. Whatever. Things, you know. Here's what I would say. It's
2: just a matter of how often. Here's what I would say. And tell me if you guys agree with this statement. Belichick. I don't think he cares, but I think he set himself up this year that when the Patriots win, Mac Jones won. When the Patriots lose, Belichick lost. Meaning, Meaning that by the offseason moves he made, by putting Matt Patricia as the offensive coordinator and Joe Judge on offense, even though it's been done forever, by not having a plan seemingly when McDaniels left, not having a plan at quarterback when Brady left. For all the great things he did for all those years, since Brady's been gone, we question him, right? That's number one. Number two, by doing all this, if the offense fails in games and they lose, or if the defense fails and they lose, because he's always credited or blamed with the defense, he's set himself up that when the Patriots play well and Mac plays well, all the credit's going to go to Mac for winning and when the Patriots lose all the blame is going to go to Belichick for losing I think he set himself up for that this year at least what the public is going to look at it like
1: I don't know but John want to revisit that every Sunday <laughs> I'm,
2: I so if they so revisit if they,
1: that I don't think that I, that's
2: you you're speculating that that's the case
1: no I'm well, asking
2: soon enough but I'm not I, well, I just, I'm talking you know me better than this I'm talking about from a our business, a storyteller's perspective, what the headline's gonna be the next day. And I can see that when they lose, they're gonna blame Belichick. Well, you're the one that changed the offense. That's why they only had one touchdown and scored 10 points so against. Gonna,
1: I'm sorry, but who's gonna blame Belichick?
2: I'm just saying the narrative, the storyline at the end of games, when the Patriots lose, is most of the blame is gonna go to Belichick. From okay, from the media. Yes. And okay. that's gonna be the headline.
0: And if they succeed, it'll be on Mac Jones. Well, Yeah. yeah, I
2: mean, it's always the quarterback and the head coach, isn't it? Like
0: it or not. Well, and the other thing, too, if you're Mac Jones, do you scratch your head a little bit thinking, okay, Matt Patricia is a defensive guy? Now, granted, yes, he, as a defensive Expert, you're figuring all you're doing is constantly focusing on the other team's offense, right? And how you stop it. But it is unusual for somebody who spent most of their career on the defensive side of the ball to now be engineering an offense.
1: Why do you, you think you do don't you think, see that a lot in the NFL? Why do we think what, Bob? Both of you guys. Why do you think Belichick is so churlish with the press? Why do you think he is? I mean, what's the deal with that? I just, it's, you know, it's, it's like an act. It's like, this is his persona in the press room when answering
0: questions from the press. It's like, it's just. to it take the focus off his football on-field decisions, do you think? I don't, I don't think so, Hank. I don't know. I just think that, that there's.
2: Why do I think he's like that? And he's been yeah. that way all the time. Yeah.
1: Why do you think he's like that? Do you just think the press is stupid and he doesn't no. have time, which is possible,
2: and he doesn't think, have time for them? No, I think Lynchy gave us his opinion two weeks ago, and I agree with it, that it's a really simple thing. He grew up in a military background. His dad at the Naval Academy. He probably take every once in a while will do this. He quotes, um, you know, war, um, uh, the, the art of what's the, the, Oh, the, the warrior, the Chinese warrior, he always quotes all this stuff and it all comes down in his mind. to simple as I'm not giving you any vantage at all. So I think he's taken that to the extreme. And I think he actually, over the last couple of years, has either had somebody close to him, whether it's bears or Stacy or somebody tell him, Bill, you're, you're a little over the top there or whatever. Cause he's come out next day as an apologized. I shouldn't have been tough as tough on you guys. He doesn't say that, but that's his demeanor. So I think in his mind, it's really simple. I'm not giving the opponent anything. And you guys are the ones who are writing the story. So I'm not giving you anything. That's what I think. Okay. That's interesting.
0: You know, he, he is, let's face it. I don't know if that's, I don't is know. he the most, is Bill Belichick the most interesting sports figure in New England in the last 50 years?
1: He's either the most or the least.
2: <laughs> he could be he could be both he could be both <laughs> it's cool. funny not that i know a lot
0: of people that have been in his company but i know a few people that have been in his company a number of times and they'll say oh my god he's an affable easygoing funny guy who likes to laugh he's really interested in a lot of things outside of football you know what he likes von ask- jovi von bon jovi um Well, Vaughn and I aren't that close any longer, but like, if you talk to Lenny Clark, Lenny Clark would be the first guy that will tell you, oh my God, Belichick, laugh out loud, funny. What a great guy. Right. Right. And has seen the other side and knows the other side of him and knows the other side of Kraft and Tom Brady as well. And, uh, Johnny Peasy is a friend of mine who's, you know, very close to Lenny comedian, but he's also a spectacular magician. And when Belichick's son got married, he went down onto Nantucket, um, for the rehearsal dinner, it was a, I can't even call it a dinner. It was like a a three day affair and spent some time down there. And he came back saying, I I couldn't believe what a gentleman Belichick was. He was funny, self-deprecating. He was generous. He was kind. The guy that you don't see on TV every Sunday or Sunday through Sunday because we see him every single night.
1: I'd be willing to accept the fact that he lives in, when it's time to walk into his football room in his mind he walks in and locks the door. He gets into that football room in his head. That's it. He's got to walk himself out of the room and walk himself in. He just doesn't transfer easily.
2: Well, I go back to what you just said before. I think he's the most interesting and probably the most least interesting <laughs> over the last time. I don't know. I still I still don't know what to expect for them. I'm really looking forward to this game for a lot of reasons. I actually think – the pressure is on Miami to win this game more than the Patriots. Patriots aren't expected. I mean, they're only two and a half point last time I checked, two and a half point underdogs, and everybody says three points at home makes it an even game. So you could argue that the Patriots are favored by a half a point. But, um, and again, I haven't checked the latest lines. Well, I'm going to look for you, okay? All right. But the Patriots are, I think there's more pressure on Miami. You got a new coach. You spent all this money. You're coming off all three. that. national... Nash- even three, Butch. Okay, so it's an e It's a pick'em. It's a pick'em game. But if Miami loses this game, and Belichick wins, and his defense shuts down that offense with all that speed, and Mac plays well enough to win, I mean, think of the conversations we're having next week. All is well with Bill Belichick. He's a genius again. I mean, I know that's an exaggeration, but isn't it? Oh. Well, see the see the way they ran the football. Yeah. See the way that offense played. Yeah, preseason doesn't mean anything.
1: See what it. Yeah. Well, we'll have to see how it all plays itself out. I wouldn't guarantee that that's what's going to happen. But you know, ask the
0: Ravens. Ask the Baltimore Ravens what the preseason means. Yeah. What are they undefeated in the last six years, seven years? Right. And there's a lot of pre- You you talk about pressure. There's a lot of pressure on people at home right now if they haven't gone up to Cold Springs RV, all right, because the summer sale- uh, sell-off event, it rambled up, it ramped up in the month of August, and it continues in its first-come, first-served. Great deals on travel trailers, fifth wheels, motorhomes, pop-ups, and more. I'm going to be camping up in Maine. I have my Hermit Island grown hat on today. I'm actually going to call and see if I can rent a pop-up from Cold Springs RV to just Try it out. And they must sell off their current inventory of new and pre-owned units. And we've talked about the Lobie Cruiser plenty of times, Bob.
1: Plenty of times. More fantasy than fact at the moment.
0: (laughs) But the summer is not over. No, it's not. And just like ice cream doesn't stop melting in August, the hot deals don't stop either at Cold Springs RV. So get to their summer sell-off event at Cold Springs RV. It's up in Ware, New Hampshire. We talked about it. W-E-A-R-E. Where New Hampshire. Go to their website, coldspringsrb.com. Coldspringsrb.com. Hey, can
2: I leave you guys with this thought? It's a question. Um, we've seen a lot of athletes and a lot of hype come and go, but I think you kind of know the goods when you see it, or at least you get a first impression. Don't you feel that way about Tristan Cassis? You're this kid with the it. Red Sox. But don't you? Why? Because you worked out without a shirt? Is that why not? Every, well, everybody my, in the back. My Anybody line about the background that, on your set was giggling. My line about that was I was gonna call Sam Kennedy. Say Sam, you can have him do that every game sell out the rest of the year. I saw him in spring training. Who were the people laughing in the background on a set? <laughs> you know how that goes. If you make the floor director laugh, you've done a pretty good job. They... <laughs> but um, but I the kid looks like the goods. He really does the way he carries himself. Um, he's got a quiet confidence. Um I mean, I think about this kid, Marcelo Meyer, who's their top prospect in the organization. Cassis is three steps ahead of him. He's drafted before him. He's gone through some things in the minors. He's taken some lumps, gone through an injury. He's come back. But just the way the veterans were acting around him, you know, doesn't he look like the goods? I'm just saying. Yes, he does. He's 6'4", 250. He's a monster. But, oh, uh, but Hank course. in spring yes, training course. when he stepped in the batter's box, I was like, "Holy crap!" He's got this a
0: confidence is... about him that's so unusual. Talking about, well, yeah, well, my my uh, my pull side, he says I have plenty of power to get it over the bullpen, right? And he said, in in my swing, um, the Green Monster will play very well for line drives off the monster from my inside-out swing. I mean, course, he's
2: very self-assured. Core said after the game, for all the talk about him, and Core's been real. Cautious with what he says about him. He said, you know, when he got in the game, I saw some things, not just the first at bat, said, but I saw some things that made me say, Oh, okay. That's all he said. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> hey, you know, it's something so- to be excited
0: about. I mean, and I'll hey. give you before we wrap up here, I'll give you something else to be excited about. The Yankees once 15 and a half game lead in the American League East is now down to five games. It was down to four. It's back up to five with three and a half weeks to go. All right. And if you're a Mets fan and, you know, you're rooting for a Subway series, uh, the Mets were 10 games in front, and that's down to three. So in New York, you've got a chance to see the Yankees and the Mets both go down.
2: Yeah, but from what you just said, we also have a chance to see an Atlanta-Tampa Bay World Series. So Yeah, that's a good point, <laughs> although
0: secretly I, I root for the Braves, all right? Look, I played on the Braves minor league team, North Medford Little League, 1974-74.
2: Oh, nice, nice.
1: Butch, yeah. how can you root for a guy that – or how can you have confidence in the team to bring up a guy that's team that would trade Mookie bets? How can you possibly have confidence in the way the team's going to handle any of younger players – based upon what they did with Mookie Betts. Well, what's going with Bogart? My answer to you is do you that... Think Bogarts an- and Devers, Devers
2: an- are coming back? My answer is for Tristan Cassis and any guys who come up now, that question's five years away. What just about, just like it is with Bogarts, Devers. Do you think Bogarts and Devers are coming back? I think Bogarts is. I do. I think he is coming back. Yeah, it's just my gut. That's just my gut. I just think it's going to work out. I think they're going to make him an offer. What about Hauk? Taylor Hauk? You know, I don't here's know. he's deal. got surgery. I think the Red
1: Sox problem, their problem started when he couldn't cross over to Toronto to play in that series back in mid-summer fair criticism because of his vaccinated status. That,
2: that, that that's when the team went south. Here's who I think they should bring back. I like that they signed Kike. I think they should sign Waka. Um but I don't know how much you oh, give yeah, that but, guy. Okay, there's another free agent. Good luck to that. I don't, I, I, I think i give the money to Walker that I wouldn't give to Nate Evaldi. I'd love to see Nate Evaldi back. His last contract after the 18 World Series was four years, 17 million a year, 68 million. I think that was well spent, even though this year he's gotten hurt because he is a horse. But I don't know if I, how much am I giving him? A hundred million dollars? Somebody else might give him four years, 25 million dollars. I say let somebody else give him the money. I say go with some younger guys. I think you put Brian Bale in the in the rotation next year. I think you got Chris Sale, Michael Walker, Brian Bale. I'm probably not signing Nick Pavetta. They still might have James Paxton. They already wasted ten million dollars, but if he picks up the option, he's back.
0: Um, and you who can am bring I? bring Rich Hill back for five million dollars, and he'll always be a bargain, even if he gets hurt for two months. All right. He's so a let's lefty. Mookie, Mookie Betts question. Wants to be here.
2: But, I mean, Bob, it's a fair criticism of the Red Sox, but you don't have to worry about Tristan Cassis for five years. Five years from now, he's Rafael Devers. He's coming into the final year of his contract. That's what Devers is. Devers is, you know, arbitration eligible, but after next year?
0: (laughs) You know who you can count on to always give you a good answer, no matter what the question is? I think, Bob, you know. George Gray. That's right. George is the guy. Bob and I personally, we're close to George. He's a guy we've leaned on. Both of us have leaned on George many, many times. And not just for buying a Toyota. He knows a lot about a lot of different things. But the one thing that everybody realizes when they go to George Gray and Lexington Toyota, he's all about character. George has outstanding character. He always does the right thing. My neighbors across the street, uh, Nathan and Kerry, they just went. They bought themselves a beautiful 2023 Toyota Highlander. And you know what? They heard us talking about George. They went up there and they came home and they said, you know what? He's everything you said about him and more. He's loyal. He's trustworthy. And he wants long-term relationships. He's not trying to hit a home run on anybody. He wants to sell you a great product at a fair price. And he wants it to be good. And number one, he's got the best service in New England. So do yourself a favor. Like many of us have done personally, and our friends as well. Go see George Gray and his wonderful family at Lexington, Toyota 49 nine mass Ave in Lexington. Not far from Wilson farm. If you want to go up and get a raspberry turnover after Butchie, all so, right. right, just check them out on the website, LexingtonToyota.com.
2: All right, guys, it was fun. All right, gents. It'll all be, right. Um, Thursday yeah. night,
0: Buffalo at the Rams. Pat's in Miami on Sunday, Sunday night. You got uh, Tom terrific down in Dallas, and then Monday Night Football. You get Denver, at Seattle. We got a lot of watching to do. Don't forget Hopefully the, the Yankees, Yankees will the be Cleveland, uh... Carolina. Yeah, I forgot to mention that one. I'm sorry, Bob. <laughs>
2: we'll lead with that next week, Bob. Put it on the rundown. All rundown. right, be safe. Talk to you guys. All later right, you thank guys. you for
0: listening and for watching Unanchored Boston, the podcast.
2: Unanchored Boston is a presentation of Unanchored Media, a Burke Advertising LLC company. For show information, visit unanchoredboston.com.